Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song Welcome to Radical Australia, community radio, 3CR855 on your AM dial, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano, I'm asking the questions. The Empress, Her Right Royal Highness, Dale Bridge, is doing the panel work, and if I get a bit excited, Jeff, she jumps in. Right. All right. All right. How are you, Dale? I'm not too bad. You were missed last week. I had to put up with Andy. I'm sorry about that. You've got no idea how incompetent that man is. Oh, come on. He did us a great big (laughs) favour. I very much appreciate it. He's a legend. He will be listening. That's why I said it. (laughs) He knows. He's He's a a legend. I appreciate it. He's a legend. He knows. He's good. Right. Now, I am very pleased to have you here, Jeff. You know why? No, I was wondering why you called me in. Because... I stuff up people's names every time. I called you Brian in the corridor, but that's understandable. <laughs> I can actually pronounce your name. Oh, excellent. Mr. Jeff Payne. Excellent. And it's, it's P-A-I-N. Isn't that's it? right. Straight Payne is an acronym. Straight Payne. Mm, right. Yes. Yeah. And I should say before we go on, because we're in the middle of an election campaign and I'm a candidate, that everything I say is authorised by me at uh, David Hill Road, Monbulk. Oh. Nice. It's authorised. It's, it's man. You've authorised your own force. Yes, I authorise everything What's wrong I say. with you, man? You've authorised your own force. No, you never know if the electoral commissioner is listening and if I didn't authorise my statements, I could be in big trouble because I'm wanting to win the Chandler Award of the Yarra Rangers Shire. Well, I can assure you that we've got one listener out there that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> you may have one, but I don't know if they're on the electoral yeah, yeah. roll. I don't that's, know if he's commissioner. No, I don't know. So we don't know that. Look, it is a very simple interview. It only goes on 56 minutes. We ask you two questions. Questions. The first question takes 10 seconds, and the other one takes the rest of the interview. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah, it, it's very simple. So, you know, because you, you walked in here at 4 o'clock, and we were starting to Just panic. after. I had to get a taxi because the uh, train, of course, goes direct to Flinders Street That's and right. not a more convenient parliament station. And uh, the taxi driver, of course, was very good within the legal limit. That's right. That's good. That's good <laughs> to see. Mm. I've got a man here with a sense of humour. I'm going to be mm. uh, outshone tonight, this afternoon. Woohoo! Which is not unusual. Now, Jeff, what year were you born? Just to orientate. 1954. 54. Mm. Just a youngster, 61, 62 this year. Yeah. 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 So, what's the first thing you remember? Sputnik. Tell us about it. Well, my recollection is everybody going outside. And uh, we were living out in Altona, I think, at the time. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, it might have been Ormond even. Um, and uh, lots of people looking up at the stars. And that's my first uh, living memory. You'd have been bad too. Yeah. That's not yeah. a bad living memory, yeah. looking at the stars, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. You come from the stars and we come from the stars. Absolutely. And you're looking at them at age two. Yeah. You're still around 62 years later. Yeah. That's, that's extraordinary. That's well, not really. We owe it all to the Russians. Yeah. Yes. So you're bought, you were born... <laughs> yeah, and that little doggy. That's you right, remember the name it. of the little doggy? Leica. Leica, oh, was it? Oh, good on you, Dale's good doggy. Yeah. Um, 
you were born in Melbourne, were you? Western yes, uh, Queen Victoria Hospital, which yep. uh, Jeff Kennett, of course, targeted for demolition. Mm, that's right. You know the history of the Queen Victoria Hospital? Well, I just remember black bricks and mm. apart from that, not much else. Well, in the yeah. 1880s and 1890s, um, Melbourne had one of the highest prostitution rates in the world. Oh, so it was busy. 10% mm. of women were actually involved in prostitution to survive, mm. to survive. Mm. And obviously there are a lot of illegal abortions, a lot of women dying of mm. septicemia, there are a lot of uh, unwanted children being born. There was the baby farming period when you'd give your kid to somebody, pay them oh, 10 bucks yeah. and disappear, and then they'd bury them in the backyard, yeah. you know, in Brunswick's full of bodies, oh, you know. Yeah. And so uh, radical women at that particular point in time did a penny campaign. They wanted the people of Victoria, the women of Victoria, to donate a penny to the building and the establishment of a women's hospital. Oh, and that was the Queen Victoria Hospital. Oh. And the fact that there is a little area still in the, in the old Queen Victoria Hospital that's been given over to the women's movement, just a tiny little area, was the, um, was the lip service they paid to the fact that tens of thousands of women who earned very little in those days paid one penny as a vol- you know, as oh, volunteers yeah. to build that hospital, the Queen. My first child was born in the Queen Victoria Hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I remember the bricks too. Yeah, yeah my it? mother tells me the matron carried me around the wards because I was ten pounds six. And, Whoa! And they wanted to show off what could be done at Queen Victoria Hospital. <laughs> exactly, so, or what could be done in the Western suburbs. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Was your mum a big lady? Oh, not particularly, no. Uh, no a little no, just, uh, Did you become a diabetic in later life? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell us uh, about, she's still with us. Of tell course. us about so it. She's listening uh, now. Lives in Fairly cool. Creek. Tell us about it. What type of mother was she like? Oh, fantastic! Yes, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, we we um, moved around a bit, and um, most of my childhood was in Blackburn South and right. so on. Yeah. But we moved up to Queensland at one stage. No, to Gladstone. Let's, let's go back to back, mm. Blackburn South. Yeah, South. South. Mm. Uh, that would have been farming land in those days, orchards, wouldn't it? Yes, it bit? was until the Whitlam period. There was no sewerage or made roads, mm. and he, he he delivered both of those. Mm. And he also mm. made it possible mm. for me to go to university with a uh, you know, scholarship and so on. So. You, you want to hear another funny story? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. When you're old as I am, you get a lot of stories. <laughs> Do you know the name Bill French? Oh, yes. You know, Bill's oh, he's marvellous. Oh, is he? He's 95. Oh, hello, Bill, if you're listening, because uh, fabulous bloke. But, yeah, uh, and you know he stood for the Whitlam Labor government in, in that seat of oh. Deakin and came within about 200 votes of winning yes. a blue ribbon Liberal Yes, seat. I remember his wife. I think it was Joy. Joy, yeah. she died late last oh, year. Oh, that's a shame, yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh, no, he was a wonderful – well, he still is a wonderful gentleman. Yes, yeah. mm. yes. Yes. Any, any man who builds a home with a ballroom is yes. exceptional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. the fact that he was, uh, oh, my apologies. Now, Nola Brooks said every woman gave a shilling to the yeah. Queen. Well, Vic, that's a not huge a amount of money in that. That would have been days. a day's wages. Yes. Day's yeah. wages, the best, you know. Yeah. I remember when my father first mm. started working there. In the 50s, he said he used to get four pounds. Oh, well, he was and he well, thought he was rich. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so going back to your mum, what's her name? Sylvia. Sylvia. Sylvia Dulcy. Right. And uh, Dad? Yes, Dad, yes. He's still uh, around? Yes, and he's Jack Moston. Mm. Uh-huh, mm. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, what type of work did he do? Design draftsman. Right. And specialising in his later years in checking drawings of uh, gas and um, liquid mm. uh, transport. And, and your mum? 
My mother, oh, various jobs, and um, a mother of multiple children by three husbands. And uh, right. So, how many brothers and sisters you got? Oh, lots. It's too many to count. Too many to count. <laughs> They weren't Catholic, were they? Ah, uh, no, no. No, right. no, tragically, my um, mother's first husband was shot down and killed over Europe in World War Two. Right. And the second uh, husband migrated out to Australia and a uh, third marriage to my father, Jack. And right, right. I have a full brother and the rest are half-siblings. Right. Yeah. Do you have much contact with your family, apart it, from your parents? Oh, we're all connected, yes. Okay. It's so good. We've got one living in Spain and um, another in Tasmania, South mm. Australia. My daughter lives in Western Australia, so we're well disposed. You are, you are. I'm a bit worried about the one that lives in South Australia. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they were without power for quite a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And getting back to your life, what did you did you go to a preschool or a kindergarten or anything like that? Yes. Blackbird, I, South? Um, I'm trying to remember where my kinder was now, but mm. um, primary school and secondary school were both at Blackburn South. So what was primary Except school? for a gap when we went to Gladstone when I was 11. Mm. Right. What was life like at, for a young boy in Blackburn South in the uh, 60s? Oh, it was lovely. And, of course, um, very remarkable. I used to break... Uh, half-inch thick ice in the puddles walking to mm. primary school and that doesn't happen anymore. So no, I've seen global mm. change mm. right under my feet, so to speak. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Break ice. That it was good fun, super, breaking all those good, puddles. Yeah. Yes. yeah, and you get to school wet feet. Oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, that didn't fun. matter. Yeah. Obviously, you were driven to school every day, weren't you, and picked <laughs> up every day. Oh, we walked through orchards. <laughs> How far did you walk? Oh, a couple of miles. Yeah, yeah. it did. It was normal. I remember when I was five... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to go to school in Brisbane. You'd walk five kilometres as oh, a six-year-old. Oh, oh, oh. Nobody give a shit. Oh. You know, your parents, if you turned up home, that was good. If you didn't, well, they'd yeah. wait a while longer. Yeah, and eventually I progressed <laughs> to having a bicycle. And You, know, you got a was, bicycle? Oh, you know, but after a while, yes. But uh, sometimes uh, it was just uh, nice to walk. Uh, yes, yeah. Did you excel at anything at primary school? Um, Apart from tr- making trouble. Well, making trouble, definitely, yes. But I was so uh, generally... Lead, you know, in the leading group throughout my mm. education. What type so. of leading group in, in primary <laughs> school? Like uh, leading rat bag or oh, no, we had leading lead, bully? No, we no. had no, not a bully. No, I was an anti-bully. So oh. if anyone was being bullied, I used mm. to go and have a word in the ear hole of um, the, bully. the bully and suggest mm. that maybe it could be an assault charge brought against them and that their parents would have some real trouble. No, you, you didn't suggest you I, I, I was taking that. No, I was taking it, taking <laughs> even the legalistic point. A legalistic there. point there. Yeah, just pointing out that, you know, to, to grab me around the throat as they were at the time, yeah. I told them, yeah. was not really on. Mm-hmm. And if they persisted, there'd be trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But did you excel at anything? In uh, well, chemistry was my love. So what, in I persuaded. School? Yes, my, my parents uh, gave me um, mm-hmm. a, you know, access to chemistry set very early. And uh, so on that verge between the primary and secondary school, I got my. Thank the deities, the mm. anti terrorist laws weren't around in those days, so you'd be in big trouble having a chemistry set. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my friends and I were pyromaniacs, and yeah. we used to go down to Selby's and buy stuff across the counter, counter which would be frightening to most people. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you blow up letterboxes? Uh, no, no, but we made our own rockets. Some of oh, those right. were successful, and some. Yeah. I remember one detonated with beautiful white mushroom cloud <laughs> and the local policeman came out to investigate what was going on so we were hiding behind blackberry bush and luckily he didn't spot us but right. uh, <laughs> you know it, it was good design but it we yeah, just added yeah, a little bit yeah. too much of the perchlorate yeah, and yeah. you know bang so you said you all whisked off to gladstone in 19 19- yes well because my father's uh, work was in you know design oh, of yeah. uh, plants he was sent to a number of places to supervise 
the fact that they could translate drawings into actual working plants. And so, well, that, that is a good thing for yes. us. I was born in Queensland. I know mm. that you look at drawings and you look at the plant and you think, what's this got to do with mm. that? Mm. So it's good your father was there. And then later when my brother and I were older, um, he and mum went off to Canada uh, to supervise another project and New Zealand to supervise another so we were sort of left at home alone studying. So. Mm. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. But so mm. was life. How long did you last in Gladstone for? Oh, a bit over a year. Yes, yeah, so it was very um, distressing because I had to go back from secondary school here in Victoria to primary there. That's right. And um, I was the only child who had long trousers and shoes mm-hmm. in the entire mm-hmm. school. And um, you, of course, the, were a target, the headmaster you? took one look at my um, textbooks and he, he borrowed uh, my maths <laughs> textbook for over nearly the full year. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, he didn't yeah, want to yeah, give yeah. it back when I was yeah, sent yeah. in to ask him to, for it back. And you so realise this man's denigrating us, Dale? That's wonderful. As Queenslanders, Keep he's going. denigrating us. <laughs> oh, this is, this is not it. right. Look, I, look, I, no, Queenslanders love me because first teacher started teaching when he was 14. Wow, None great. of this denigration, all right? In mm. those days, there was a teacher shortage. Yeah, they didn't encourage you, teachers to go to school. Yeah, if, you, if you finished yeah. grade 10, you automatically became a teacher. Well, if he knew what a book was, he was okay. Well, yes. that's, well that's why he stole your maths book. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you little smart-ass. Back to Melbourne. So what happened when you got back to Melbourne? Back to high school? Ah, oh, yes, yes, and then straight through. Majored in um, you know, maths and physics and chemistry and uh, mm. went on to Monash to do chemistry hang and on, so on. Hang yeah. on, Unless you've got a really exciting life, we need to... Oh, well, you out. want to stretch it out, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes. But there's, there's more to life than an academia, of well, course. Well, there isn't, yes. there isn't, because I, was, mm. I, I like to ask insightful questions like, did you play sport? <laughs> mm, all sorts of stuff, yes. Like they, they used to send me into cricket when they wanted to block for a draw. <laughs> right, right. So they said, they said, you're very good at hitting, but you might not get sixes, so just don't let it hit the stumps. So I did that. Mm. Uh, Were you a largish person? Or? Yes, and so I was very useful in football. <laughs> right. um, they said, just, uh, just grab the ball, you know, whenever it comes in right. your direction, right. and the others right. will sort of right. fall off the right. side of you. Right. And I played hockey for a while, and um, right. my... Um, my PE teacher was a Hungarian pentathlon um, champion and mm. he said that I had a natural throw with shot put and he, mm. he volunteered to be my Olympic trainer but I told him I found it exceedingly boring even though I was good at it and he nearly cried. Well, you destroyed him. Yeah, it's He thought sad. finally he'd found a boy he could train. So much natural talent. He could relive Well, maybe I can go back to it, you know. <laughs> So that when they have the over eighties Olympics or something, well, they do. You know. Do the Masters? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they, they do. So. And they have, they have an over ninety. So I could pick one too. up and see how I go. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So, um, what year did you finish high school? Oh, good question. Seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks. So things were a bit changing around then in Melbourne and the rest of the world. So what was your last few years? Did you actually know what was happening in the real world? Well, I became radicalised. Radicalised. Yes. Yeah, so, when did this happen? So I became radicalised. Actually, my third form history teacher was marvellous, mm-hmm. Mr. Markovich. Markovich. I hope he's still out there. I used to listening. Fantastic. One of the best teachers I've ever yeah, he's had. He's not related he came... to the Markoviches of the real estate. Oh, I doubt it. No. The CBD of Melbourne. No, I think no. he's... No. no, he's another Markovich. Yeah, and he came into our class and he said, I'm meant to teach you about Governor Bly and MacArthur and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you can forget that for one. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to teach you about post-Second World War Australian history. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And that was marvellous. It was an eye-opener to me. And, of course, we, 
I was just look, looking at the defense budget and all this sort of stuff that we covered and our People debt like to America. Should and, be jailed. Well, radicalizing the youth yeah. in the schools and being paid for it. Yeah, and That's of course disgusting. it was very good timing because yeah. just a couple of years later, mm. you know, I was uh, coming towards the. Uh, end of the high school and mm. beginning university and of mm. course um, the Vietnam War right. was a major thing and of course Whitlam occurred in my life so I joined the Labour Party in 1971 right. and then recruited a couple of my teachers from the high school into the party which mm. was mm. good Did you experience. meet Bill, at that, Bill French at that particular time? Yes, or? that would have been around then yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah. You know, we would have known him for a number of years and often had meetings at his home. That's right, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. No, he's uh, still around. He's still got all these marbles. He had a major stroke about three years ago. We all thought he was going to die. And uh, we just forgot about him. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call about six months ago saying, it's Bill here. Mm, (laughs) I actually got a letter from him today. I wonder, have we uh, crossed paths in the past through our political activities or not? Uh, Well, I've I've never never been a member of the Labor Party. I'm processing my brain now just to see if we... Well, no. Were you a radical at Monash or... I wouldn't be radicalised at Monash. No. I'm, no. I, was, I was in Melbourne. I was there when uh, Costello was jumping ship from mm. you know, Labor mm. to the Libs and yeah, uh, Kroger yeah, and yeah, yeah, other yeah, people floating around. Let's get back to high school. Mm. How did you go? How did you go? How did you go after year 12? Could you do anything you liked or you were kind of... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, able to choose any career path that I wanted except music. <laughs> music was not my strength. When I was a baby, I apparently used to bash uh, saucepan lids together mm. on the kitchen floor, but mm. so percussion mm. might have been it, but but, no, but no. I didn't study any music you going didn't. through. So, and of so course, what did you choose? Here, the world's your oyster. What did you choose? Well, I just chose, you know, chemistry, physics and maths to go Chemistry, into. physics mm. and maths. And biochemistry, yeah. A radicalised youth. Yeah, I, I could have done medicine, but I wasn't interested. I, right. sort of, and career-wise, you know, to be rich, probably that would have been the path. I mean, you're a doctor, aren't you? I think I saw, saw. Well, I am, but I'm still uh, working. I'm a bog-billing doctor. Yeah, there's two yeah. types of doctors, yeah. as you know. There's those that bog-bill and yeah. continue to work, and all my associates are retired five years ago. It's I'm, I'm really angry. I should have charged mm. AMA rates, but I never did, I probably should have gone into the specialist surgery or mm. um, biomedical mm. research. Yeah, but, but, but you mean, So where did this biochemistry crap lead you? Oh, well, I, I did that in second year and yeah. then I decided to concentrate on organometallic chemistry for my third Would you like to, sl- would you like to do slow? Organometallic oh, chemistry. No, that's bonding right. yeah, carbon yeah. ligands to, yeah. to metals. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 and then I did... Creating the, Frankenstein, basically. That's what well, you're Well, new, new molecules, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So how long did that last at university? Oh, well, of course, I did my um, honours and yeah. then I did a PhD and then... Doctor, sorry, Doctor Payne. Yeah, that's right. And then I went off on the postdoc circuit, so I went first to... Now, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You tell me you're radicalised. Hmm. You're there in the... Well, Saturdays. I had to leave the country because I was so radical, you know. What do you mean you left the country? When did you leave the country? Well, after I did my PhD, I had to go off to, you know, the, the rest of the world where they actually do proper science with good resources. Post to where? Where? Uh, I went to Bri- Bristol. You... Bristol first, oh, Bristol, yeah. right. Yes, working with the uh, late uh, F.G.A. Stone. I was in Manchester about the time you were in Bristol. Uh, I think things are overblown regarding the old art. Oh, what well, was Bristol like? Bristol was magnificent. The man in charge, Gordon Stone, mm. um, 
uh, had only about half a lung, and, but I remember he was running ahead of me doing the tour of the department the first day right. I arrived and saying, yeah. this is our new Australian recruit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Our postdoctoral fellow. Yes, yes, yeah. and, um, but he, he organised it uh, brilliantly with all of the instrumentation specialists mm. there. And, um, mm. So what did you do like there? Me. What did you do? Made new molecules. Mm. Like what? Tell us. Oh, um, I mean, I, I just made new molecules, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, a, that's an astounding statement to make. What did you make? They, they were mainly air sensitive um, chemicals that can't exist, you know, exposed to air or water, mm. and they involved um, elements from boron through to uranium, mm. uh, specialising in platinum and uh, mm, that, that group of. Uh, yeah, uh, Gordon Stone used to go off to Russia and they'd give him little lumps of bars of, mu- of uh, metals to bring back to... Uh, yeah. But he was a, a staunch Thatcher supporter. I could never right. rationalise those two uh, aspects of his life. Yeah. doesn't yeah. matter what colour it is, yeah. does it? Well, yeah, he, anyway, he brought back metal and, and then that was processed into things that we could use. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so did you get involved in any activities in, in England? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I, I, I went along to the revolutionary... Uh, sort of, what's it called? The... Oh, Workers' Revolutionary Party, I think oh, it was. Yeah. Um, what's Some Trotskyists. Yeah, what's her name? Um, Redgrave family. Redgrave, yeah, yeah, went Redgrave. off. That was very interesting because mm. they were publishing a daily colour newspaper delivered to your door mm. um, nationwide, and that was extremely that impressive. Is ex- that's hard work. Yeah. That is hard work. Yeah. So I, I just, um, you know... I, Got into that group, but because they were talking about dialectical materialism mm. all the time, and mm. it was too abstract and theoretical. But it was a good experience. Also, I went along to British Labor Party meetings and met Tony Benn on one occasion, mm-hmm. and he's a he was a lovely man, really. To to he had a particularly nice way of. Um, bringing the audience in close. So he never mm. stood behind a desk or a pulpit or right, whatever. Right. He would all, always go out and, mm. and talk straight, circle, close up. The circle concept. Mm. Form a circle, mm. form a caucus, mm. have a chat. So how long did you last in England? Uh, nearly three years. I went to Cambridge mm. briefly and then I um, mm. got an offer to go to Adelaide on double the pay and I was a bit homesick so I thought, well, why not? Offer to go to Adelaide. Mm, they yeah. actually could pay you a salary. Oh, well, we were paid when we were post-docking, yeah, but the... the it's um, not like these days, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was enough to live. That was enough the fun, yes. So, yes. so you got what, who were you attached to at Adelaide? Adelaide University? Michael Bruce, yes, yeah. he was a right. supervising person. And, mm. what, and what, what type of work were you doing there? Organometallic chemistry of the platinum Again, group still metals. trying to create Frankenstein. Like, well, whatever, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was, was that productive? Oh, I got a few papers out of there, yes, mm. and then we had a... Mm. A break, and then I went back to um, Monash after that, mm. and then I was headhunted into Telstra Research Laboratories. Hang on, hang, mm. on, hang on. You went back. Why did, you, why did you bother going back to Monash? You've got your doctor. Well, You've done your postdoctoral work. Well, no, I, I, I needed to go back to Monash to, to earn a living, and there was a postdoctoral position available with um, Glenn Deacon, uh-huh. another excellent uh, Person, I've been very lucky with most of my supervisors. I must say, throughout my career, it does make a difference, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, yeah. When I did yeah. my doctorate at Melbourne, uh, my supervisor was basically missing in action. It does make a difference. Mm, mm. Uh, uh, so, um, how old were you when you left Monash? Oh, 25 on the first occasion, and then 31 when I 31. was recruited yeah, into I mean, Telstra. So you mm. basically. Uh, an unemployed, brilliant scientist. Well, there's no pathway for you in life, is there? No, in well, Australia? no. I, sh- I, 
If I'd stayed at Cambridge, I probably would have stayed and died in mm-hmm. overseas. Other colleges, yeah. So um, it was mm. probably the wrong career choice, okay. but I wanted to get back to Australia. So, yeah. was it wasn't love, was it, that drew you back? Uh, no, no, although I did get married and produced a child and from going back to Adelaide, so I wouldn't have my lovely daughter um, if I hadn't made that decision. So, right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, mm. so obviously that relationship didn't last. No, I'm single now. If there's any really hotties out there interested <laughs> in an organometallic chemist, so yeah, well, I'm on look, Facebook. You can check uh, me out. Yeah. Tinder using and Tinder. Twi- and Twitter, of And course. Twitter using Tinder. I, no, 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 I don't use Tinder. Instagram either. No, 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 so nothing I'm like not that. fully up with all no, these no, things. No, right. no, I tried LinkedIn. I find that exceedingly boring. Yeah, yeah. boring. It's just yeah. a waste so, of time. So you went to you were headhunted by Telstra. Yes, this is when came, it was still under government yeah, ownership. I yes, think. that's right. They came wandering around the department, and they um, mm. they uh, were asking who might be available to move across very close across Blackburn Road from Monash and right. Telstra yeah. Labs. But they wanted someone to work on heavy metal fluoride glasses, mm-hmm. and. Um, but, uh, Why heavy metal fluoride glasses? Well, it's a very. I'm glad you asked. Yes, um, if if you uh, transmitting optical signals or you know telecommunications down a silica fibre, mm. it's limited mm. by mm. the wavelength, mm. um, and there's a an absorption of the energy along the, the fibre. So eventually, you need to repeat the mm. de- download the information and right. reboost it and pump it down and. Whereas if you change to longer wavelengths, um, which beyond the capability of the silica fibre into fluoride fibre, you can theoretically transmit from Melbourne to Los Angeles without repeating the signal, right. uh, which is marvellous. And it also has strategic um, advantage because you, you can make a metal-free cable so that it can't be detected and disrupted by the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so Telstra was looking at strategic communications, mm-hmm. optical fibre being the safest, of course, because mm-hmm. satellites drop out of the air and they're right. subject to electromagnetic pulse, so whereas metal-free fibres mm-hmm. will keep on doing their job. Mm-hmm. So did you uh, succeed? Uh, well, it was interesting because two weeks after I got there, they changed their mind. They said, <laughs> they, they said uh, cause I, I happened to arrive at maybe, what they maybe call Maybe Asia the, had a little chat to them about this. this no, the, oh, the, no, no. They wanted to do the project, but uh, they, they uh, looked at my research and then they had um, uh, a look. So they got someone else to make the fluoride glass and they wanted me to make the advanced infrared detecting military-grade mm. semiconductor epitaxial Mm. Layers to mm. make the mm. the mm. end bits the so uh, the, the, the lasers and detectors yeah. at the end of this mm. new fibre system. Mm. So they got someone else to make the fibre, mm. and then they switched me. It, it may be work. that they yeah. didn't want to tell people mm. Um, mm. when being recruited that they were going to be taken into the military industrial complex of infrared. It may have been that actually looked at your ASIO record. Did you ever thought of that? Yeah, well, I would have had an ASIO re- yeah, record from you high school have. because, right. once again, the history yeah, teacher, you know, right. they said, well, choose a country, so I chose Russia. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, wrote off to the embassy in That's Canberra right. for yeah, information. Yeah. I got this marvellous big package back. You do, you do. But I noticed it had been torn down the end and really <laughs> stable. Right. Yes. And I thought, oh, dear, it's flimsy paper. But then another mate of mine mm. had the same idea, right. wrote to the same embassy, got the same parcel. It had also been torn down the end. And so then I realised that I would have an Asia file. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think you actually passed the security test. That's why they moved you. Well, yes. That, that's my no, feeling. No, well, I mean, no, why would they? Two I, weeks later. No, but... No, but I don't, I'm not paranoid. But they, <laughs> they, they, they did organise a semi-diplomatic passport for me later. So I was travelling on a green 
passport. Mm-hmm. You might not have seen many of those, but it's Never fantastic. So is I arrived, that because you're an environmentalist, you've got a green passport? Well, I don't know. Or this before then? <laughs> but, you know, you arrive at Heathrow and yeah, yeah. you get into the other queue uh-huh. and you just uh-huh. pull your passport out and yeah. suddenly a man appears from your side and says, oh, come this way, sir. Yeah. Mm. Right to the head of the queue. So, so, so how old have you got your green passport? Oh, only about 33, something so like that. So this is when you're doing mm. all this military-industrial complex Make, Making stuff. mercury cadmium telluride, yeah. yes, yeah. which is mm. what they use on um, mm. infrared uh, mm. detection for both imaging and for delivering missiles. Mm. So how long did you last in Telstra doing all this? Oh, until about 1991 or 92. I can't remember now. Um, and I exposed some internal corruption and blew the whistle, so I had to leave. Internal corruption in Telstra? Yeah. Yeah, so then, and of course I was a Labor candidate. Well, I can't go into much detail now, but it was necessary for me to go and simultaneously became the Labor candidate for the federal seat of La Trobe, trying Uh to win it back. Peter Milton lost it in 1990. Very sad. I had to help him clear out his office. He wasn't crying, was he? Well, no, but I mean, you know, he was a really good, serious politician. You don't get a more uh, yeah, dedicated person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he gave me his uh, good collection of his files. The rest mm-hmm. of um, his correspondence and so on has now been given to the National Archive in Canberra. Right. So, right. so uh, what, what, yeah. why did you stand as a Labor candidate? Oh, well, because, of course, I wanted to make sure that we eliminate Liberal governments for all time. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. How about the National Party? Uh, well, that's interesting because Catter was originally a national yes. and his family, and mm. so there are some good people bred from that stock. Mm. And originally, as I heard Catter saying, that basically they were a socialist party. And if you look at their early development well, the days... Yeah. yeah, and so... Agrarian socialists, we used to call them. Mm, mm, Look at Black yeah. Jack McEwen, yeah. all the things he wanted. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah protection yeah. here, protection there. Yeah, but... Good old Black Jack. Yeah, but, but they're closer to the people and, um, you know, if you had to choose between executing a Liberal or a, or a uh, National, you know, the Nationals would probably survive. You make them work, mm. mate. You yeah. make them work. You take away <laughs> their camps, assets. Yeah. Yeah, work camps, you take away... It's been tried before. I, I was thinking of the, uh, having big, um, you know, hamster wheels. Yeah. They could yeah. generate power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a a little bit, you know, yeah. like the good old days, you know, yeah. I mean, of convicts, you know. Yeah, but I yeah, basically I loathe and despise the um, really? establishment and the ruling class in Australia. So, mm-hmm. I want right. to so when, when did I take away your green passport? Oh, well, that's when I left them. You, you Once look, I left Telstra, I couldn't have a green you passport anymore. That's, right. that's mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about campaigning? Oh, well, I'm doing it today. I was no, 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 I mean, I mean then. What do you think? Yeah, there's a federal election. There's a big bickies. Yeah. 92, who was in power in 92? I've forgotten. Was it Keating still? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah, Keating, yeah. yeah. So um, I met Keating, but I had to come into Melbourne because there was a death threat against him that if he went into the Dandenong Rangers, he'd be shot. Mm-hmm. And they were taking it seriously. Um, and they did it calculated on how long it would take to get him to the Alfred Hospital to try to rescue him if he was shot. Mm. And they decided that I was outside the boundary in the Dandenongs, which was uh, difficult. So to get campaign photos with him and so on, I had to come in and meet mm-hmm. him in uh, mm-hmm. the World Trade Centre or wherever it was. So did you go? I came close, but the, close the, uh, Bob Brown destroyed it for me. Well, yeah, Bob well, Brown, so. the evil green, 
What uh, did they do? Did they well, the local what, greens, against the you? local greens wanted to preference one hundred percent to me. Yep. And Bob Brown said, "No, if you 50, do that, 50. then I won't give you the money for the how to vote cards." Mm. And so, a lot of the local greens were fully disgusted and didn't turn up to hand out cards, let alone. But the drift um, from the two-sided ballot paper was mm. enough to prevent me. And um, Bob Charles, who's now recently deceased, um, got back in. The, he's Mister Uranium. He mm. used to get up in mm. Parliament and sing mm. the virtues of mm. uranium and how well, it would, somebody needs it all to would do it. be. Somebody mm. needs to well, do it. Well, exactly. why shouldn't they, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a big industry and they've got a lot of resources. Well, he was, certainly was a dedicated mouthpiece to That's that. Right. And that yeah, was one reason yeah. why I wanted to um, yeah, knock him yeah, out because, yeah. of course, and I was lucky I had Helen Caldicott um, oh, volunteered yes. her services yeah. to try to come in. And um, yeah. so she appeared at a, a meeting and um, we invited all the press and so on. And they didn't publish a word or even a photo no, of her right. visit. That's mm. right. Well, that's Total control you, by Rupert Murdoch. And in those uh, days, the press, because you didn't yeah. have the internet, it was very difficult. Yeah. You needed the bastards. So we tried hard and um, I got a, a, the biggest uh, mm. swing in that seat of Latro, yeah, yeah. Um, about 7%, but not enough to recover from the 1990 walloping. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I could tell you about my foray into federal politics. Oh, yes. Yeah, so what did you do? Where, where did you Oh, go? I've done tons of them. But the last one was I stood as an independent in Dunkley at the last election. Oh. Oh, okay. How'd you go? Well, I, I Did had you a, get I had, your deposit back? No, I had a campaign. My campaign was make the 1%, pay oh, 1%. Okay. Yeah. And I had all these new taxes, make the bastards pay. And um, I got 1.31%, you'd be pleased to know. Oh, well, well, done. well done. So in comparison to you. Yeah, yeah, no, but, they, but you had a party. You had a party behind you. Well, yeah, but... You know, and you didn't have a radical no, platform. No, but the Labor Party, you know, is... Uh, um, yeah. It's not what it was when no. I joined. It's, no, no, I'm no. still there. I'm a life member, and yeah, I yeah. like to tell them how yeah. corrupt they all are yeah, yeah. as often as I can. Yeah, and, but they just um, say you're a doddering old fool. And... They would. They would. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm so mad that, you know, when Albo got over 60% of the party mm. rank-and-file vote for leader, I naturally mm. assumed he'd be the leader. That's right. But no. It doesn't no. work that way. They right. showed us. That's right. <laughs> they, they put us in our place. It doesn't yes. work that way. No, Albo yeah. should be PM by now. He, yeah. would, he would have won the election, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. instead we've got a dud. Well, you know, young man from the Housing Commission, how a difficult life. You don't need that in politics. What you need is people who've been, you know, fed, yeah. spoon-fed all yeah, their mate, mates of yeah, um, yeah, big industry, yeah. people who will do yeah. deals to um, yeah. reduce the wages yeah. of their members. And That's your problem, mate. That's your problem. You realise you're going to die without being elected to Parliament. Well, Unless yeah, so, you're Pauline Hanson. So whether I get elected to council is another matter. Unfortunately, I was un- unlucky with the ballot position and this hang kind on, of council. Hang on, we'll come yeah. to that oh, later we'll come on. To that. Yeah, the sure. trouble in a long interview is you talk mm, about mm, it now. Mm. Oh, we're going to save something forget. up for later. No, no, people yes. forget. Right, yes. People forget. Yeah. This is radical Australia. I've got to do it. But they'll me. be able to buy the disc of this. It's going to be a bestseller, isn't it? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> This is Radical Australian Community <laughs> Radio 3 CR streaming live on... Tell me, is my friend Annabelle still around? She used to come in and do 3 CR a Who's this? Um, Annabelle Mitchell of Mitchell Brushes. Oh, don't know. Many there's, years ago. There's 450 yeah. volunteers here. Oh, OK. Well, she, we don't know each other. No. Although, there's a, there, we'll ask on Sunday because there's an open day. Ah, oh, good. We'll yeah. ask if Annabelle from Mitchell Brushes is mm. around. Mm. Maybe somebody can ring us up and tell us like they did about the shilling. But she was a real radical. She was yeah, a real radical. Good, good value uh, in, in my year. So you lost the election. What, you lost your job. What did you do then? Ah, then I... Uh, 
was offered a job at University of Western Australia, but only for one year. Uh-huh. So I went off uh-huh. to the um, and got a Gladden Senior Visiting Fellowship in I the like Department of um, Microelectronics. Who was Gladden? Um, a benefactor in Western Australia. Uh-huh. So there's a number of famous names over there. Yeah, so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was useful to How'd hop you feel in a about jump. That? Oh, well, it was a dislocation, but by that time... No, about being been called having a Glendon Fellowship. You know, every time they said, you'd be advertising this bloody rich family, you know? Oh, well, no, uh, it was very subtle, very nice. Very done. subtle. No, I didn't have to have a T-shirt on all the time. <laughs> Nothing all like that. Like okay. no, that big all arrow right. saying, this is all a Glendon right. Fellowship. You did, you did your bit there. Back where? Back to Melbourne? Um, no, from Perth. Um, off to Japan for three years. That's mm. interesting. Mm. What did you do there? Um, I got a phone call from Melbourne saying, would you like a job that um, NEC doesn't want to advertise? So I oh. said, tell me more. Yeah. And it was basically a change management position in the Yokohama Microwave and Satellite Communications Division mm-hmm. factory. And um, they needed a native English speaker with communications background to go and sort them out in a number of respects. So it was, that was a very interesting period. So what, you had a translator all the time with you? Or? No, the whole, um, of the 2,800 employees at the plant, virtually everyone spoke fluent English. Right. And when we went out socialising, as you do in Japan... Oh, you have to socialise. Um, I know, I know. It was all that. in English. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. so they did actually um, employ a private tutor for me to try mm. to get me... Yeah. Um, some more Japanese for and so mm. on. So that was very nice. But um, by that stage, I'm getting a bit old to learn mm. a language. I think mm. it's true that your wiring has to be plugged in That's right. early. And um, mm. but I was able to have enough to just be polite in Japanese. Yeah. And so, what were, dig, what were your digs like? Because they're always interesting yeah. if, you, if you live in Japan. Oh no, well, I was treated fairly royally. They um, mm. provided a. Um, uh, Western-style oh, apartment right. Right. Uh, run mm. by an American that had a, an ex-CIA agent on the, the floor above me. He was a very interesting man, mm. Yeah. Mm. selling real estate in Florida now. Yeah, fair uh, you got to do something for a buck. Yeah, so but, uh, no, treated very well on a very high salary, of course, mm. For, mm. For the, but it was a fixed three-year contract. So oh. that was, mm. You sorted it out and they said bye-bye. Well, bye yes. bye, Jeff. Yeah, Piss yeah. Off. I told him Go to stop. I told him to stop um, getting into the satellite phone business. They were going potentially going to lose more than they were losing four billion a year mm-hmm. when I was with them. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, don't go down that path. No one's going to buy a satellite phone for three or four thousand dollars each. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a goer. He saved mm. a lot of money. Well, yes, but you know um, that was one of the things. But I did have a couple of fights with them there and. They were X-raying all of their um, their staff around the world, um, mm. doing um, these barium meals, mm. uh, half hour exposure to uh, to X-rays, why? 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 all they, ages. And I told why? them they were why? killing their workers. If why? You did the, why? 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 I don't know. I think it might have been. Well, they thought they were going to swallow it, some it was secrets. Very, very strange because there are people in Japan who believe that if you're exposed to radiation, you can make radiation hard people. Mm. Mm. And so it did occur to me that they were. You know, there was an undercurrent of this mm. belief that they could be strong. Mm. Power up is one of their favourite expressions. Yeah, power up. Light and, up, power up. Yeah, but I pointed out that uh, women, definitely young young office things, should never be exposed to huge doses of radiation like that. So mm. I had a bit of a fight with them. I had to hand out um, 
pamphlets outside the factory gate and then mm. I was called into Tokyo to, and mm. talked to their chief medical officer and eventually I won. They stopped doing it. Yeah, well, congratulations. And yeah. now the big fight. There I are many, some... many Japanese children out there who are now teenagers. How, what year was this? Oh, God. I'm trying to think now. 98, 99, 96. 96, yeah. yeah. And, um, There's all these young Japanese kids who owe their yeah. life to you. And the other big fight I had with them was that they weren't giving their uh, workers um, malaria prophylactics and sending them off into hotspots in Africa. Mm. And they wanted me to go. So I said, oh, great. You know, where do I get my fifth helmet? I was really yeah, looking yeah, forward to yeah, doing yeah. it. And then I said, where do I get my tablets? And they said, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, I, and I said, well, I'm a white man and you want me to, to go to Madagascar and Tanzania and, yeah, yeah. and uh, Kruger Park area and, mm. and I don't want to die of a mosquito bite. And they, mm. they didn't know anything about it. But you just spoke to the chief medical officer. Yeah, well, <laughs> once again, it, was, but it led to, uh, to publication of a paper in the... Uh, make a bilingual magazine called Hiragana Times. Mm. So I took it. I took the argument out, and I got um, a member of the Japanese diplomatic corps actually sent me some tablets in the mail. But by that time, it was too late politically; they couldn't send me out. No. But it was tragic because um, I was talking to one of the Japanese bosses there. And he'd been on a visit to Africa, and one of his friends had got on a plane and died at Heathrow yeah, yeah, of malaria. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because I recounted this story the next morning, he thought he was telling me off the record. I recounted it to another manager the next day. He nearly mm. died. Right. He was in denial, actually. Mm. And he said, oh, but, but he wasn't NEC. He was Sumitomo. <laughs> Oh, that's right. So that didn't well, matter. Well, that is very important in Japan. Yeah, so not one of our club. No, exactly. We, we, we work together as, you know, yeah, on projects yeah, and, right. and we fly around the world. All together right, back to Australia. Yeah, back to right. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Last yeah. 20 years, what have you been doing? Oh, all sorts of stuff, yeah. Give us some interesting bits and Well, places. I bought a market research company and... Um, you bought a market research company, yes. as, as you do. Well, yeah, because you're getting to a stage where you're not in the university system right. and it's very difficult to get back in. So so I was just doing some casual work and the owners of the business offered me the... the um, so how many employees did you have? Oh, no, it was casual. So casual. our maximum... Recruitment day would be about thirty-two operating on a big project at once. Is it, is it worthwhile market research? Um, not anymore. No, I bought the company because it had the Coca-Cola contract for oh, Western right. Australia, which right. was stable, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then getting the odd government job and so. Mm. So then I shifted the emphasis to being a, a private scientific consultant. Mm-hmm. And got a couple of government jobs there and I was appointed to the um, Western Australian Environment Minister's panel of experts and so on. And sent out what? Um, basically, uh, environmental toxicology right. exposes to industrial things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I was responsible for closing down the Bookdale liquid waste treatment plant, uh, largely by moving the, the motion that the minister should be told. Right. And, um, then I was appointed to defend a community about the establishment of another waste plant. Mm-hmm. I worked unsuccessfully to stop a desalination plant going into binning up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still do consulting. I'm helping a family who have been damaged by an alumina plant in Ireland at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you're so, doing what? Still doing international work? Oh, yes, yes. Well, a lot of it's pro bono. Right, so, or, right. or if they win their case, I might get something. So, so I used to work for the alumina widows and workers action group, right, for example, but right. um, none of those guys were in a position to settle. And, yeah. uh, one widow gave up over after 10 years of fighting to try to get justice for her dead husband. Yeah, well, that's what happens, isn't it? They just... 
look at you and look at you and look at you and look at you and they stare you out. Oh, and uh, this particular yeah. widow was um, threatened on the steps of the court. And they said, yeah. if you're going to pursue this, we'll have your house. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they always say that. They always say well, that. They they wait till that. there's no witnesses around, of course. That's but, right. Yeah. They yeah. always say that. Yeah. yeah. So it was interesting when you walked into the studio, the Empress offered you a, a glass of water. Mm. And you said, mm. have you got fluoride-free water? And mm. we kind of looked at each other and said, no. No. What's, what's your problem? What's your beef with well, fluoride? Well, as a medical student, were you ever taught about fluoride not being an essential element and that it's a supertoxin damaging well, tell us, every... Tell us about it. Why, why do you consciously avoid fluoridated water? Well, I know so much about it, for well, a start. Tell us a few things. So I became aware during biochemistry um, all those years ago when I went to the sink and I was going to take some water to do this enzyme assay because we were chopping mm. the head off a rat, as mm. you do, as you and do, yeah. cutting it open, getting liver and mm. doing liver enzyme analyses. Mm. And, and this demonstrator said, oh, no, if you don't use distilled water, you'll muck up your enzyme assay because there's things like fluoride in the water. Mm. Mm. And it's a massive enzyme inhibitor. It inhibits every enzyme system in your body. Mm. Um, and it does more damage than that because it's a bioaccumulative poison. It's what's called a bone-seeking poison. Right. And um, it actually grows bones in your breasts and your thyroids and your heart and your veins and arteries. How often does that occur? Well, it's uh, dose-dependent. So um, there's a lot of fluoride, heavy tea drinkers at most at risk. But what happens is that the, um, like lead and thorium, yep. uranium, yep. and yep. so uh, divalent and uh, tetravalent mm-hmm. ions are right. called bone-seeking poisons. It accumulates. Right. Right. It makes bones brittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the damage, the deaths are known. Um, it uh, accelerates calcification in your heart valve mm-hmm. and in your, your arteries. So you've made a conscious dis- decision not to I, drink I'm, fluoride I'm, water. No, but I'm an international campaigner just to eliminate fluoridation worldwide, mm-hmm. and so far mm-hmm. 95% of humanity has been saved. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to report that. Well, the, de- the dental wall must love you. Yeah, oh, yeah, certainly the Colgate Professor of Dentistry mm. at yeah. Melbourne University, if you're listening, uh, or the Colgate Professor of Dentistry in other universities in Australia. Um, yeah, so fluoride is being pushed down the unsuspecting gullets of mm. Australians and they are all suffering numerous diseases and premature like what? deaths. Like what? Like what? Well, for example, if you get uh, fluoride dope, um, hydroxyapatite in your thyroid gland. Mm-hmm. It can be detected, be detected by X-ray or needle biopsy and microscopic mm-hmm. examination. Mm-hmm. You've got an eighteen percent absolute risk of um, uh, of, of cancer. Yeah. But this is uh, aggressive. Mm. Um, malignant mm. cancer mm. and if you've got it in your breasts mm. um, as distinct from calcium oxalate crystals in your breasts you can have calcium oxalate crystals you won't get cancer mm. you get fluoride doped hydroxyapatite you've got a 40% higher risk of death not are, just are not su- just cancer but yeah. death yeah. from breast cancer so these figures are huge hang on, hang on, hang on. Mm. are you suggesting the western increase in breast cancer and the fact that when women move, say, from Asia to Australia... Mm. Fluoride is a proven factor. Mm. There was a huge uh, study by the Karolinska Mm. Institute in Sweden, Mm. famous for being pretty good Mm. in biomedical science, and they uh, tracked 78,000 women for... 
17 years, I think mm. it was. Mm. And uh, they were able to show the massive increase mm. in tea drinkers of breast cancer versus coffee drinkers. So mm. coffee drinking had no effect, tea did. What's in tea? Well, there's oxalate and there's fluoride. We know oxalate doesn't cause cancer. We know fluoride hydroxyapatitis. And you can take... Um, human breast cancer cell mm. cultures mm. and you can add a tiny amount of fluorotype hydroxyapatite and catalyze the explosion of the cell growth it's, in a it, test tube. Is water, is water fluoride in uh, Sweden? No, they banned it in 1970. So um, yeah. all of Europe, uh, mm. apart from uh, Southern Ireland, mm. not Northern Ireland, but mm. Southern Ireland, and um, some isolated patches, less than 10% of the UK is mm. being pushed with fluoride. Right, by the right. So it's an Australian concept. Right. Basically, Australia, America, New Zealand yeah, are, are yeah. being poisoned. Hong right. Kong's being poisoned. Singapore. Singapore is on the verge of banning it. Well, we've got well, 7 billion people on the planet. You've got to do something about it. Well, it's, it's tragic because of course the Chinese don't fluoridate but mm. um, they're supplying some of the chemical waste that's being put into our water and the fluoride comes with the um, beryllium, mm. 100 ppms in the solid um, chromium, nickel, mm. radioactive elements, lead mm. Mm. Um, and of course fluoride in, enhances leaching of lead so not only is it a supertoxin in its own right but it causes what's called plumbosolvency mm. and I've written mm. about a review yeah. on that mm. um, and mm. all of my research papers by the way are available at ResearchGate mm. just type in Jeff Payne ResearchGate and you'll you'll get access to my free PDFs mm. you can download and read all the details. Alright, that's excellent. Now did you just say you're standing in the Dandenong Ranges as a candidate? I'm one of three candidates in the Chandler Ward. Yes. Chandler Ward. Mm. And how many candidates are going to be elected? One out of three? Um, there are nine wards, yep. and we're only going to get one councillor per ward. And so I've got it theoretically one in three chance, but a lot of people don't pay much attention to the council. So the donkey don't. vote is enhanced, and unfortunately I didn't get top positions. So I've been out there delivering pamphlets since the 23rd and uh, we've mm. been How, how big to, is the area you're covering? Uh, it goes from several east in the north mm. and across to um, oh, Montrose mm. and then down south to Monbolk, Macclesfield, Browns Yellingbow. Road. Browns Emerald. Road in Montrose? I'm very familiar uh, with Browns Road. Might be a border, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember. That might yeah. be in Streeton. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. So, 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 why? Well, I, I just uh, had a rush of blood to the head. I think it was because I was so incensed with anger. Once again, a motivator is really mm. good. Mm. Um, the local council, with an annual budget of about 180 million revenue, that is, decided to spend 28 million dollars on new council offices. Excuse me. Could you could you repeat <laughs> 28 that? 28 million dollars on, on new Taj Mahal office. for the council. And where is this office? Well, they've got them in Lilydale. I'm not sure if they're going to uh, proposing oh. to actually demolish uh, a perfectly good building uh-huh. uh, or not. They were quoted about one and a half million for a deluxe refit to stop um, some minor roof leaks that right, they've right, got. Right, right. Um, and uh, so. People like Tim Heenan, who's standing in another award, and, and I um, will try to have that decision rescinded. So it hasn't um, been carried out the work yet? No, but they, I, I think it's obscene that they, they make Sign a Sign the contract four days before the election? I'd, I'd like to look into <laughs> it, but, but if there's a contract breach provision, yeah. it'd be worth yeah. backing out 
because yeah. uh, during this campaign, I've been approached by some very interesting people. Mm. I'm running on the fact that people need to realise that the economy is on its knees and about to have its head chopped off. Mm. Uh, we have severe poverty in the whole of Yarra Ranges Shire. A lot of people don't want to know it. In part, there are pockets in the Shire where 58% of youth between 15 mm. and 24 mm. are these um, people that uh, Murdoch recently attacked. So yes, not in yes, employment, yes. educational training. All right. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question because as a candidate, how long have you been living in the Arrow Rangers for? Uh, well, I bought property there in 1983. Right. Okay. And when it was, as we discussed, right. I went to one came back, but I kept the property. So do, do I've been you, a rate payer there since Do you know the history of the Arrow Rangers, why poverty has always been endemic in the Arrow Rangers? No. What's your theory on that? And it's not a theory. It's a fact. Oh, I, I, you well, deal in theories. You're a scientist. No, no, no. I'm right. a political activist. Okay. I deal in facts. Tell, tell me all well, about that. Well, in the 1890s, after marvellous Melbourne collapsed, mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot of unemployed people. There was even starvation in Melbourne. So what did they do to get rid of all these unemployed homeless people? They offered them five acres of land. Uh, and subsistence free. farming, yes. Yes, yes and if yes. they cleared the land and stayed on the land, they would get title to the land. Uh. So you got all the homeless people uh, from marvellous Melbourne who had trekked off to the Arrow Rangers, got their five acres and just basically starved up there. Oh. And they used to walk all the way from the Arrow Ranges down to Fern Tree Gully to pick up their groceries once a week. So it was Tough social life, engineering yes. of the best yeah. type. Yeah. It's only recently the Arrow Rangers have become you know, the place to be. Well, of course. You know, yes. But there, there was always a lot of endemic poverty, and that's the way they got rid of their homeless problem. No, well, that's a good good view of it because, yes, mm. I was aware um, my grandfather used to mm. go up to Fernie Creek and so mm. on, um, uh, just for holidays and yeah, so on. Yeah. And uh, looking back to that period, of course, there weren't any trees left. That's right. So yeah. all of the vegetation you see there that's now right. is new. regrowth. That, that's um, right, because yeah. you were given five acres, which somebody who's homeless mm, mm. was incredible, yeah. but he got rid of the homeless problem in the streets. Maybe they should do it again. <laughs> I mean, there's all these homeless. Why don't we give them five acres somewhere else, you know? Maybe they'll disappear. Well, I was uh, contacted by this uh, group uh, who are very worried about homelessness, and mm. um, I said uh, in my grand tour of all these mad mm. country lanes that I've been going to, mm. I've been noticing a large number of abandoned homes, mm. and so I'm suggesting that some level of government yep. or some levels yep. together could... Um, we'll look at purchasing those, mm. employ people to mm. renovate rather than mm. build from scratch. So you just people, people in. helping you uh, in the campaign? At this stage, just vote for me because um, oh, have, have the ballot papers are arriving in the letterbox today right, and right. Um, the vote has to be in by the 21st of October. So mm. I've got managed to get nearly 6,000 pamphlets out, mm. which is we've got about 12,700 voters in my ward. Right. And um, so that job's nearly completely done right. now. If they want to look at your policy, you've got a website they can go to? Yes, you can look at uh, Jeff Payne for Chandler Ward on Facebook and I've mm. also got the support group for Jeff Payne for Channel Award, and I'm also on Twitter, uh, just at Fluoride Poison. You can find me there. Right. And if they want to look at the scientific work you've done, the papers you've done, ResearchGate, yes, uh, just and that's a, um, a, a platform provided out of Germany. Mm-hmm. Over nine million scientists like myself use it to um, put publications up, and people can just click on the link and download. Mm. And that's G. 
Jeff with a G, yes. G O double F P A I N straight. No E at the end. No E. Yeah. That's right. Because yeah. yeah. you get confused, you know, on the net. Yeah, so um, yeah, anyone who wants to uh, lend support by telling their neighbours and so on to vote for me, I'll be very, very grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you get elected, we'll bring you back. Oh, I'd be very keen to because then, of course, I'd be able to uh, – first of all, I would have had full briefings That's on right. where the council's at. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, we can rescind this mad decision to, to – build this ridiculous document Mm, mm, Um, and get on with some really mm, enhanced mm, um, environmental mm, restoration work that's needed um, and the social uh, mentoring in particular is one thing that uh, these vulnerable kids between 15 and 24 need to be found. We can't say all the statistics found them in the 2011 census, but, mm, mm. Um, well, that's that's five years ago. Well, yeah. we know that the 2016 result, if anything, mm. will be worse. That's right. That's right. Um, there was light at the end of the tunnel with the Lilydale campus being reopened. Mm. But, mm. You know. Look, Jeff, I'm sorry. Our time's up, is it? The time's that's up. That's been great. Thank you very much. 58 minutes, and um, we're very pleased to have you here. And if... If you succeed, we'll talk to you. If you fail, get stuffed. <laughs> All right. I, yes. Well, I think no, we're happy to talk to you about no, other things. No, but I, I think that's fair enough. But I, I, I'd I mean, be happy we're putting to, the pressure on I'd, you. I'd be happy to come back in and uh, frighten the pants off your listeners about the fluoride story. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, just uh, briefly, as we're running out of time, Mackay and Gladstone seconds. have cancelled fluoride in the last month. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Big news. Good. Thank you very much. All the best, Jeff, in your political campaign, and more importantly, all the best in your life. Thank you very much indeed. Everybody knows that the days are loaded Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed Everybody knows the war is over Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight Fix the poor stay poor, the rich get a 